The goal of this podcast is to help you break in and thrive in a career in advertising or marketing communications. And it's always helpful to hear from someone who recently broke in because they will have advice specifically tailored just for you. But sometimes you just need to hear from the boss. Jim Meisner is one of the few presidents I have interviewed on this podcast, but he lends such poetic and meaningful advice for you. His passion and energy are apparent as he tells you about his experience as the president of the Chicago-based brand consultancy, 50,000 Feet. They're a strategic brand consultancy that offers creative and brave solutions to their clients. You will get the feel of the community and togetherness over at 50,000 Feet through Jim's story in this episode. Plus, they're hiring. And it always helps to know the story and the motives of the president when applying. Jim will teach you the importance of constant learning and curiosity. So if you ever want to lead creativity one day, this is an excellent episode for you. And this show is supported by Chicago Portfolio School. They will help you create a fantastic advertising portfolio of work that will get you hired by some of the best agencies in the world. Plus, it's one year, which means a faster break-in. And to connect with Jim and to see what 50,000 Feet is all about, head over to our Instagram at breakingandenteringpod. One more time, it's at breakingandenteringpod, all one word, on Instagram. Now, on with the show. This is the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast, and as usual, I'm your accomplice, Gino Schellenberg. Kick it, Mikey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we have a very special episode with Jim Meisner. Jim, welcome to the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. How are you doing today? I am good. I am good. Thank you, Gino, for that, for the gracious introduction and for the invitation as well. And I have to say, probably all of your guests say this, you have the best podcast name ever. I mean, it's, it's great. So I love it. Thank you so much. And coming from an expert like yourself and brand and consulting, that means a lot. And that's what we're here to talk about is you today, because Jim, you are the principal slash president at 50,000 feet. Inc. What does that mean? What do you do? Tell us all about yourself, please. Don't be misled by titles, right? And wouldn't it be wouldn't it be magnanimous of me to say, oh, a title doesn't matter, like the guy with president in his name, right? Um, I'm a principal partner at 50,000 feet, so I'm one of four equal partners. Um, and not to, you know, run down the nuance of the word. Partner means oftentimes the parlance, right, is means you're the owner of a business. So 50,000 feet is a wholly owned, privately held agency. So we're, um, as as the, our story says, or how we're positioned in the market, we're a brand consultancy and we're a creative agency. So you know, we'll probably loop back on that positioning. So as a partner, we're owner of the business. We, we operate as well. So we come to work every day um, and work hard. Um, we're principals, which in our, our parlance, right, means that we're, we work closely with clients. So, you know, um, we're practicing professionals like doctors, like lawyers, like advertising executives, many people walks of life. And then president means um, a lot of P words, right? President means in title, I've, I've been here 18 years. So um, I've grown up through the ranks. Um, we're decidedly flat. It's not a hierarchical as you can get, but it, it's, you know, at some point in the organization, there's responsibilities 
to move the organization forward. So I oversee client development, um, client service to some degree, along with a really wonderful team. I sit somewhere organizationally today between our strategy team and our creative team getting involved with um, brand narrative, brand storytelling. I still work on lots of the platform development. Um, I, alongside many of the team who are um, much better, much brighter than I, and um, still play an active role in client work. So like it a lot. Wow. So it seems like you're probably pretty busy then. And <laughs> that's a lot of work. And you've been doing it for a long time. You've been here for, you said, 18 years and seven months. At least that's what LinkedIn I, says. I think that's it. Yeah. I came, the, someone asked me that today. I came the first week I arrived, first week of July in 2003. So yeah, it's, um, I walked, <laughs> I walked in the doors and I stayed. So um, I must like it. I like to say you create your own reality. So this yeah. is mine. Yep. Where are the, the doors located? Just so our audience knows. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. In Chicago, we're on Irving Park Road. So we're up on the north side for people in Chicago. Many will know where that is. So we're in Ravenswood, a kind of a creative up and coming, <laughs> up and coming creative um, corridor. It, it's much busier than it was 18, 20 years ago. Um, we wow. do have a New York office as well. So we're oh. in Park and 23rd. Yeah. 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 I, I, I don't live too far from your office, so I'll have to come in and say hello. There's so many people who live up here. Yeah. I love that's one of my favorite stories to tell because so many people say I don't live that far, which I think is great. I think yeah. it's great. Yeah, people love that, <laughs> especially if you're coming in an office. I'm not sure your situation, but I want to get to know about uh, the other principles that you said. And you and you said that you sit more in between strategy and creative, at, and you're you're pretty well active in the company, and you're close to clients. What about the other principles? What what other areas do they oversee? Yep, yep. Um, company was founded in 2001 um, by three gentlemen who grew out of a large creative agency here in Chicago. Two of them are still with us today. Um, Ken Fox, Mike Peterson, um, both executive creative directors. So they oversee one, Mike oversees our um, broadcast practice, much of our video or emotion. Um, he, he works across a wide uh, array of clients as well. So it's certainly not limited to that area, although there, there's power and focus as they say, right? So he's kind of grown into kind of a passion for storytelling in terms of um, moving words and images and um ken um kind of acting executive creative director as well oversees our creative team alongside with um tracy west our group creative director and um he's he's active in every aspect of um our work from a creative perspective chris pressure um 404 came maybe a year arrived a year after i did year year and a half so his background is in technology and UX, you know, um, customer experience kind of grew up in that area, went into strategy through that large system development, system build, and he's grown up into our um, chief creative, or not chief creative, chief strategy officer. So, so yeah, there's, it's the four and every one of them are close to clients to, um, on a daily basis, whether they're, you know, working with long held incumbent clients, whether they're facilitating and having client, you know, conversations um, with newer clients, working with teams and all practice areas. So it's um, the, the culture here is decidedly close to client work. Um, it's the work that is, is 
I think probably the lifeblood of the organization. It's the love of the people who are here. So um, mm -hmm. all of us are close to it. Yeah, tell us more about the organization. It's a brand consultancy. So what does that mean? What's the structure like there? How would you, how, does, how do things work at 50,000 feet? <laughs> I, I I think you should ask our staff and our client that. I think I'm like the most suspect one to, to answer that question. Um, it's in terms of the positioning, it's, it's something that we've maybe brand brand groups may be the worst at you know you know Doctor Heal Thyself or something or Shoemaker Shoes. So we arrived at this bifurcated positioning um, after quite some time, and it's evolved. You know, we've been a creative consultancy, we've been a creative agency. Um, we've been a design firm at the at the start of our story. So um, where we are today um, with somewhat of this dual identity is about half of our client roster comes to us for consulting around brand expertise. So they're either originating a brand, launching a product and service, they're taking on a corporate rebrand of some kind that could be in terms of verbal identity, visual identity, it could be um, brand strategy. It could be thinking through a corrective, a repositioning of a launch of a product and service. It could be a global brand entering a newer market. It could be a U.S.-based brand um, moving forward. So, um, whether or not those are that that task is associated with any creative expression, it's it's really it oftentimes is, although it could be independent of. So we have deep strategy projects independent of. Creative agency is we have the wherewithal and the ability and the love to help express and storytell. So um, we like to say, and we think we originated this to some degree, we haven't heard it otherwise, brand, brand is a system and brand is a story. So a system in terms of architecture, positioning, all of the elements from differentiation, tenants, um, acumen, um, attic, um, vision, mission, values, and then stories help animate and bring those brands to life. So stories are endless, right? And those could be arrived at through large integrated campaigns. They could be through content marketing programs. They could be through um, beautifully rendered digital experiences. They could be born through a step and repeat email marketing um, program or digital marketing programs that keep you close to your clients and close to your customers. So we live really, in, not that there are two worlds, although um, we kind of try to really bring both of those worlds together. So it's, it's wonderful strategic um, insight. It's excellence in terms of creative execution. And then oftentimes it is technology that really brings forward those ideas um, into really great experiences. Yeah. yeah, love it. How many people are in your Chicago office? Um, we're about 35 folks working across four practice areas. So strategy, creative, client services, technology, um, which is exciting. And then we have close partners that complement, you know, those. So what, you know, we, it's a ecosystem, so to speak. So as, as we might need to reach out to a technology partner or a printing partner, or, um, a production partner for a shoot. So as all agencies run. Love it. That's a good size. That's a, that's powerful. I feel like that's a powerful size for creativity. How, are you hiring at all to, for our listeners or will you be hiring at all? We're hiring. Yeah, we're hiring. So um, this will be in a couple of weeks from now from yeah. when we record. Yeah. So we're, 
we're hiring in all of our practice areas and, you know, we're always having conversations independent of current market conditions. Right. So um, we have proud alum, um, which we're really proud of. Once you're in the 50,000 family, um, 50,000 feet family, you never you never leave it, we hope. So, um, you know, it's the start of, start of a story for us. And then we love to speak with students. We love to speak with people considering a change or some kind of transition or a possible move. And mm -hmm. of course we love to have conversations with people who are, you know, in market. Um, so whatever, whatever area they they're looking for. So love that. Love that. I want to get that out there for our listeners. Yeah. Oh, no, thank you. Excited. Thank you. Yeah. Keep them hungry. So <laughs> what's something that you guys have done as an agency recently that you're extremely proud of? Oh, I mean, so many things, right? I could give you the extended remix. Um, I, I'm so, I really, really, I, I could tear up on a podcast, right? Maybe I can, because who would know? Of, I'm so proud of the team. I, I'm, I'm, I'm so, I'm always proud of the team. I'm always so proud of our team. I'm really, really, really proud of the team these past two years. I'm proud at um, who... Who would have ever thought, right? And we're not allowed to use the word unprecedented, right? As the memes tell us. Although, you know, the last two years have been unprecedented. So I'm proud of people's wherewithal. Um, they're incredibly hard, their, their hard work, their trust in an immediately remote virtual work practice. Um, no, everyone overcame the frustration frustration around stumbling online right and into zoom calls and how to work remotely and how to keep your stamina and strength up and how to keep your creativity alive how to work in with clients all over the world in a quite different way and work um, you know we were we were a pure play studio environment that we were in-person collaborative in both markets and both offices and then we'd fly back and forth and we were in person i mean we were we were down into in-person and to to move into pure play for the extent of what would have been like the first year, year and a half, we're hybrid today. I, I'm so proud. Um, outside of that, I'm proud of our clients and you know thank them and need to continue to thank them for staying by us. Um, we actually had a great, and I hate to, you know, I don't think anyone should or would measure the last couple of years in terms of economic activity, although we continued to grow and pretty significantly during the pandemic. So the health and the wealth of the agency is, is is whole and we're continuing to try to invest in talent and team and tools to you know, drive us forward and stay closer and do better by our clients. So I'm super thankful for our clients. I'm super proud of them for continuing to um, invest in creativity in storytelling and the launch of different digital experiences and seeing the power of communications, the power of advertising. Um, it's, yeah, I could go on and on and on. I yeah. mean, of, of the work, and it probably your listeners are probably more, uh, possibly more interested, we, we launched some of the biggest campaigns of the life of our agency during the course of that. So we're, we're proud partners with quite a roster of clients, global brands, right? So heavy hitters in financial and fintech, um, in professional services, um, across the rank, architecture and design. I mean, I could go down the list and happy to do that during the course of this call. So um, yeah, anyway, it seems to have been a wellspring. I'm proud of everyone today too, because Great. we're somewhat emerging from the pandemic. I'd like to think 
there's a change in the air, right? That people are kind of thinking past like, what's the newer normal going to be? And I think people are really open-eyed and open-eared here. And they're they're up for kind of pioneering a newer path for, for 50,000 feet. So super proud of that. Love it. That's a great answer. And I also don't get the opportunity to interview presidents very often of companies. So I, I am curious, um, how do you foster, how do you create an environment of creativity, leading creatives for a living? What's your leadership style, would you say? Oh, I think I'm, I, again, don't look to me for, <laughs> for an example. I think, I mean, I, I think there's so many ways to that question. And I think there's so many other people in this organization who do it. Like what I tried to do on a personal level is, um, I try to keep the business away from the teams in terms of, I, I think that, I think there's a lot of my personal, my personal leadership style, and I, I wouldn't advocate this on, you know, on anyone. I really try to hold the business away from the business of creativity. So I don't like the teams to worry about the accounting of it or the, the, mm -hmm. the service aspects, the operations of it. I want, I really, really, really want their heart, heads in the heart to be as open as possible during the time that they have to really feel and think and express and create as much as they can, because I recognize that, you know, it's a deadline driven and it's an intense environment and we all, care so intensely about what we do and who we do it for that I want them to get lost in thought. So I do try to pull that away and simplify their days. Um, we try to keep minimal meetings and admin time. So we're not big on staff meetings. We're not, big oh, on, nice. we're not big on obligations of, of that kind to keep clear of their day um, and keep their heads clear. Um, I, I really try to keep out of the way. I really, really do. And then, um, you know, the teams are so self-directed, they really are, that um, you, you try to keep this idea of quality and integrity really, really high. So we have yeah. this, one of our adages, right? It, you know, one of our four values or four pillars since the founding of the company is this idea of humility. So you've heard the expression, um, your ego is not your amigo, right? So, um, and it really is true. I think in the creative world, you have to believe in your yourself and the power that you have in terms of the thought and the intention and the creativity that you can bring to a solution. Although ultimately you're, you're contributing to something larger than yourself. So whether that's a project, a campaign, a digital experience, what have you, you've got to kind of leave it, leave it on the field, so to speak, like give it your all and then don't take it home with you. Although kind of believe in the power of the team. So, Anyway, I kind of, I got off you, off script on your question. I, I, I think you lead people to do what they do best to get right. the best out of them. Love it. Yeah, that, that could be hard to do, I bet. I've never had to do that. Well, a little bit here and there, but not, not to the level that you're at. Um, great, let's kick it back to how you got started and got to where you're at today. So you, we connected through Shahar, who has an yeah. episode earlier uh, on this podcast pretty early. I mean, it had to be top or the first 10 episodes. I, I would have to guess I had him on first 20 episodes. So Shahar is a professor at University of Illinois. I had Shahar, you know, Shahar from, I don't know how you guys know each other, but you went to school, I, I'm assuming together or your buddies, but Shahar connected us. And I know you went to University of Illinois. So a lot of our listeners, frequent listeners know that I went there. 
I have a lot of U of I alum on this podcast. But other than that, tell me like your story. What made you just decide to get into this area? Yeah, I mean, how much time do we have? So many years, right? So I'll give you the flyby and dig deeper or rush me through it. So um, I have a, I'm from a family of where there, there are five, five kids, five siblings, right? And we all went to Illinois, like, it was like, what's with that? You know, had, had any of us like, you know, pushed out of that, you know? Well, where'd you grow up? I grew up in Aurora, Illinois. So I grew oh. up from a, in a far Western suburb. Where'd you go to high school? Chicago, West Aurora. Okay. Yeah. I went to yeah. West Aurora. Yeah. We grew up out there. Um, you know, and I could get deep in the weeds about, you know, the context there. So we were far, far Western suburbs. And mm -hmm. uh, my oldest brother looked at candidate schools and he had, you know, he's going to go to the University of Chicago. He's going to go to Illinois. I remember it was one or the other, quite a good student. And he decided to go to Illinois for who knows, you know, a variety of reasons. I'm certain. I'm certain he's happy with that decision, right? Who knows? Um, second brother, right? John was studying engineering and, um, He's going to go to Michigan and he's going to Illinois. My parents are like, come on, you got to go to Illinois. Aren't they number one? You know, Michigan's two or three or whatever. I'm going to get in trouble because I'm probably all these rankings are, they're expired and probably inaccurate. They're rankings, of course. Yeah. So it got to me and I don't know whether it was my like teenage rebellion or it was, you know, it's kind of, if you, depending on where you are in a family and kind of where you are in your time. I, I remember I didn't even do my college application. My dad did it because it was a foregone conclusion that I was going to go to Illinois. So by the third time, and we're all one year apart. Uh, okay. So it's, it's like, bam, 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 bam. So I got to it and I was like, yep, I'm going to go to Illinois. So my dad did my application. I signed it away and then there it went. And um, I went to Illinois. I was 17 at the time. So I was a youngster. I was kind of precocious and, um, you know, I loved it. I opened up at Illinois in a way that I hadn't, and I never thought of myself as a student. I never do, and maybe I don't today, although I was pretty, I was like deep in the books. Like I lit up because I, I don't know whether it was the atmosphere. I, I felt like the world opened. You could go down all these directions. It was kind of like, you know, going to a restaurant and ordering anything off the menu you wanted. So I remember like, my eyes let up in history and in, in English and literature and philosophy and art history and economics. And I mean, I was like pretty straight A. I was like highest honors and mm -hmm. um, went all the way. I mean, I was all in James scholar student, which like every door I could open, I open. Um, I decided to study English um, and I, I talked to some someone in an interview before and um, this is so braggartly, although I think it's not intended that way. It's like a lesson. I I remember we took the ACTs and SETs. And I was like a perfect in math. I was a perfect in you know, science. And my lowest, my drag down score was in English. So I hmm. said, well, I've got to study English. Like I, I've got to do what, you know, Eleanor Roosevelt, right? She said, do that thing you cannot do. And I still tell people that. I was like, that's some of the best advice because I don't know. I, I feel like you got to like run toward the fire. So I studied English. I didn't exempt out of RET 105, I remember. And it was great because, you know, I thank stars that I I spent the time writing and I grew up. I took equal amounts literature and philosophy as I did art history. Got really snagged on the intersection. I was pre-law and I thought I was going to 
what I really wanted to do was work for the National Endowment for the Arts. So after Illinois, I went to Cité in Paris. I studied abroad and I had studied French and Spanish when I was in college. So I got- French and Spanish. Yeah, and it was so, cause I wanted to, you know, I don't know, this is like crazy. I, I know why I did that and it's, we don't have time. So I studied um, modern languages and um, fine art in Paris and a man, I was snagged on that snack and um, came back and was still deferring law school. And um, I ended up gotten, I got a chance as I was doing some graduate work to waiting my time saying, okay, I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna do it. And I had been accepted. Someone, a good friend of mine was moving to California and she was studying for GREs and she was gonna, you know, wind her path through education. So I moved to San Francisco with her and we roomed together to split the rent, the bill. And I thought, well, I'm going to work for a senator. I'm going to work for the senator. And I was like, how has this ever worked? I can't even believe it worked. So I wrote a letter to the senior senator and I ended up getting a gig. And I was a, I interned in this um, senator. I went into public communications. You know, we answered phones and we wrote letters. And it was a wonderful, wonderful time. I really loved my time there. And, um, and then I came back and it, it, at that point, you know, I have to kind of round the corners on some of this because I have 20 years to cover. Um, I did end up working for um, public affairs group and in terms of a, a larger election in the state of Illinois when I was back here, it was kind of a stopping ground. And then from there, I kind of lit up and I went my way up to I think you, you shared, you know, in terms of some of the prep for this, I did go to what was Anderson Consulting then, mm -hmm. it's a Accenture today. Um, I loved my time there. I loved it, I loved it. Um, after about, I think four some years, I went to Princeton Young and followed that path to, for a different set of challenges. And then from there, I kind of stepped into agency life, um, which seemed like a natural progression for a lot of what was going on in the world. And um, and I guess I loved it. So I was there to stay or I decided I needed to kind of make a commitment and um, I did and um, away we went, so. Well, I think there's a, there's a natural consulting and you have to dive into businesses when you're, you know, when you have brands as, as clients and you do that in consulting and you do that in advertising and marketing. So there is a little bit of a similarity, but it's not too often that I interview people on this podcast and they come from a big four uh, in their background. And what made you make that jump that made you that, what made that decision in your head that that was okay to do? Um, you know, it was time, it was, it was my time working in the public sector that I seemed to kind of gain the insight that so much change in a public sector space was predicated, was driven by people who had private sector experience. And I went to, you know, as an English major and as someone who had thought, okay, I go, go on to law. I had such a broad liberal arts education and I felt I didn't know how to read a balance sheet and I didn't know anything about technology at the time and um, was curious and interested, but maybe again, it was like, why did I study English if that was my weakest skill? So someone had said, you know, you really should have a conversation in these groups. And, you know, so I had a friend who had a friend and um, I ended up going through the rounds of interviews and I loved it. I loved that. It was all about education, self-improvement. It was like problem solving. It mm -hmm. was working on some of the most exciting, challenging times of the day. And um, 
I loved it. And in retrospect, super challenging. I mean, in Anderson and, you know, I don't want to, don't quote me, I guess. And, you know, at the time, um, you went through three weeks of training in the office. I remember in the Chicago office and they taught you about finance and they taught you C. So you had to learn how to program in C. And then they sent you to St. Charles three more weeks. So gosh, an organization that pays you and invests six weeks yeah. of training. And then my first client, um, was in financial services, a large card company we all know. And they said, Jim, you're going to begin there and you're going to, you know, go to Phoenix. And, um, I needed to learn how to code in COBOL at the time. And they were switching from mainframe to client service, which means nothing to most of these. And it was all object-oriented computing. So I became a software program. That I was a software programmer for two and a half years. And boy, talk about a learning curve. And um, I loved it though. I, I really loved it. It was just like speaking another language, right? Um, easier than French. So. And then I grew up into product marketing and communications. And I will say my soft skills, I kind of was like, oh, you know, it could open up into, I was a much probably better brand marketer um, than I was a software developer. I think anyone listening who may have known me at the time would get that. So, and then I grew up the ranks there and I went into communications for the cup group. I went into brand marketing, um, process consulting. So liked it. Gotcha, gotcha. And then that leads you to, does that lead us to when you started at 50,000 feet or was there any gaps? Oh gosh, I, I jumped to EY because I, I got this wonderful client role from a global perspective and worked in this amazing role in business development for EY for about three years um, and got to see the world and that was phenomenal and live abroad with, lived abroad with both companies, um, lived in England with, in New York with. Wow. Yeah, I loved it. I loved my time. And then um, I loved EY. And then I came back and I started with a group, a digital agency, because I'm, I'll come out and say it because people will be like, how old are you? I'm 51. Um, at the time of management, it's important, I think, for the conversation. I was 28 and there was a thing called the Internet that people were like, what's the Internet? What's a website? And at that time, it was a real question of, do management consultants or do advertising agencies build websites and who owns the voice on the internet? So it was really, you know, it was kind of, I think it's a conversation that's happening again. I mean, to some degree, right? I mean, I think we know what the internet is, right? Um, so I always liken it to the Bering Straits that I apparently freezes every year and animals cross from Russia um, and Alaska. And then sometimes they get stuck on the other side until the next winter and when it thaws. So. I crossed over to the agency world and in the dot-com, it, it was good. Although, you know, would I have decided to plant my feet squarely on that soil? Maybe, I don't know. The dot-com collapse, there was little <laughs> decision made me. So I felt like the ice thawed. Um, I know there's probably more parameters I need to give to the story. It's like, what is this guy talking about? Um, and I was I was like, hey, I'm on the agency side. So, so anyway, we I worked for a digital agency that and I learned a ton again. And then we ended up founding a group that did some pretty visible things, um, which were pretty exciting. And then when that group, we ended up exiting that group in a positive, wonderful way. I knew some folk at a little group called 50,000 Feet. And I really love the work. I love the people who are working there. There are about three people at the time, four people, and I joined. So, gotcha. yeah. Interesting career. Very, very interesting. But it seems to me that the, the trend here is your passion for learning. 
it, it sounds like it. I must be in that mood today because I don't know whether I'd self-identify, but I'm I'm like huh. crazy about. I guess I really am crazy about learning. Like if you'd say, "What do you do on your off time?" It's yeah, I I like adventure. I like reading. I like I like learning. I, I love talking to people. I mean, part of it is I. I want here talking about to you because it's one more door, right? Like I, I think, oh my gosh, I know about the world that you're creating out there um, in your your series. So yeah, I think I do like learning. Love it. So other than uh, constant learning, what other advice do you have for the aspiring marketer or advertiser that's looking to break in or switch careers to something more creative, more strategic? Oh yeah, I mean, be really open. Right. I mean, gosh, what broad, big advice that is almost meaningless in its approach. Right. I mean, be open with yourself about the power you have in terms of what you think and what you create, how you create, how you go about that process. Be open with what you want out of it. Be open to learn. Be open to be wrong. I, I think I don't want to even say early in your career, you're 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 wrong more times than you're right. I think really, if you're doing it right, you continue to be as wrong as you get to be my age as when you were yours. So, you know, be constantly open to engaging in the world in newer, different ways, right? And I think that's kind of, that's part of what growing is about. I mean, you talk about creativity and you talk about growth, right? It's interesting that they're, they're not one and the same, although they kind of are. It's venturing forth where where you haven't been. So when a company wants to grow, they're either they're expanding their market presence, they're meeting different clients, or they're meeting different customers, or somehow they're they're gaining momentum right outside of themselves. And when you think about creativity, right, you're you're finding newer relationships or newer ways of being and going and exploring. What are those connections? What are those expressions? You know, what are those different ways of showing up? So, yeah, you got to be open. Um, you know, one word that I don't think that people talk enough about in creativity is, and this sounds like so crazy, you relax. <laughs> you got to stay a little bit relaxed. And maybe people will identify that, like, staying relaxed in um, present environment is, you know, maybe not the easiest thing to do for any of us. And definitely I recognize the challenges for some of us. It's, you know, I, um, I swam for a lot of my life and there's no, there's no one getting out of a conversation without entering, you know, me talking about swimming. Right. So I swam for 17 years competitively. And then every swimmer seems to take like 20 years off. <laughs> like I'm never going to go back in the pool. So in my mid forties, I went back cause you have like 20 good years of running in you, you know, for, and then your knees kind of, my knees don't hurt, but I didn't want them to hurt. So I was like, I'm going to go back to, to swimming. So, um, and I got hooked again. So I, you know, swim competitively and I'm on a couple teams and I'm really down into that. It was got really, you know, tried to get really serious a few years ago before the pandemic. And part of competition is focus and you've got to like be absolutely focused and it's down to like splits of a second although you got to stay relaxed and yeah. there's this thing about it right i think creativity is the same way it's like how do you take it to the edge although how do you how do you keep it cool so right. yeah. no it's fantastic advice can people reach out to you if they're interested in fifty thousand feet they can i hope they do and you know and i say this not to shy away from 
answering emails. I mean, they, they could come to our website and they can engage there too, because 50,000 feet is by real intention, collectivist and team oriented. So they should mm -hmm. talk to people here. They should connect to people here. If they want to have a conversation. They should, we host events, we host openings, we host students. Uh, we finished yeah. an externship a couple weeks ago. Um, so yeah, please engage. Great. They could call or email me too. And if you're listening, the way to do that is to go to our Instagram at breaking and entering pod, all one word, all one word on Instagram. We'll have the resources there listed where you can reach out. We'll, we'll figure out what the resources are and we'll put yeah. those in there by the time you're listening. But Jim, that's all I got. Do we miss anything? Do you want to shout anything else out? I'm going to wrap it up now. I think, you know, less is better. Less of me is better. Uh, is no. it better me? So no, it's, it was, I really it a great conversation. Time. No, no, thank you, Gino. I mean, thank you too. I mean this for doing what you do because it's um, you're speaking to a really important generation of folk who are gonna make our world better. So, um, thank you. Well, thank you for talking to them. You have a great day. We will be in touch. Sounds good. Thanks, man. Good to see you. Bye. Did you hear anything on this episode about a job you'd like to have someday soon in advertising, strategy, design? The kind of job where you use your brain and your creativity? If you did, chances are a portfolio can really help you get that job. That's where Chicago Portfolio School comes in. They have programs and classes that help you show off your thinking and get you the job you want. So visit them at chicagoportfolio.com. And if you drop my name, Gino, into the chat box, they'll send you more info and a cool Sharpie. Or just some more info. You can decide that. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening to this entire episode of the Breaking and Entering Advertising Podcast. If you liked what you listened to today and you like the guests, please go ahead and connect with them. Easiest way to find their contact information and to see those resources that they recommended for you is to go to our Instagram at Breaking and Entering Pod, all one word. And for some quick thank yous for making this show possible, the first one is the company Sure. It's a microphone company, S-H-U-R-E. They provided the microphone that you're listening to right now. It's the MV7. It's great for podcasting and other forms of content. So if you're interested in starting a podcast or you're looking for equipment, talk, talk with me. I really recommend the Sure MV7. Happy to give you details on that. And I would also like to thank my two guys, Mikey Malarkey, who's our audio engineer, does it every week. He's the let's kick it in the beginning. Thank you to Mikey. And, of course, thank you to Buchan Zhang, our creative director. Buchan is responsible for amazing visuals on our Instagram, so thank you, Buchan. And thank you all once more for listening. We will see you next week.